Alright, and welcome to the Going Places Podcast, episode 24. Uh, Camden Clark here. Daniel Price. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us here today for the 24th episode. We're coming right along. Uh, we know we were a little slow for a little bit, but we're getting right back on course. And we actually have a special guest with us today. Uh, I've known him, we've both known him for several years. Uh, he goes to church with us, actually. But uh, he's a uh, book design. He, couple, he uh, designs couples of books and fantasy novels, sci-fi. Uh, just got back from a conference a week ago and what she was doing it. Uh, he's just a very interesting person. He designs uh, books of couples. He's, the, I guess, the founder and owner of J. Caleb Designs. And it's J. Caleb Clark. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be sure. here. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah. So... For a lot of people, like we were just talking, a lot of people may not know exactly what goes into designing the covers of books. We just see a book with the cover on it, and we, but what exactly goes into it? And just kind of tell you a story about that. Well, I mean, you know, book cover design is something that a lot of people don't, you know, think is don't don't associate too with a profession. Don't don't think about it because you just don't, you know, you don't you don't see that side of it unless you're in that industry. Um, and book cover design is basically making you know the the cover for a book, uh, no matter what you know genre it is, whether it be nonfiction or fiction. And, you know, you, you take, uh, you know, whatever the people in that genre like to read or like to look for, and then you kind of make a cover that will uh, capture the story inside, but also appeal to the readers of that genre, you know. So, you know, if somebody likes, if you're a fantasy person, you might want to put a guy with a sword on it, you know, and that kind of stuff, so that when somebody who's a fantasy reader sees it, they know what it is, and they know that they're interested in it, and, and will you know, hopefully pick it up as far as it goes. So, I mean, there's, there's that, that side of it. Um, and then, you know, you get to make something that's really cool and really artistic, uh, so you get to be kind of creative on, on that end too and on my end of the, on, on, in the genres that I work in. So. Yeah, we love that. Is the creative and like the artistic side of it as well. Like, I'm like, I'm really into like different kinds of art, but like different genres of art in a way. And I was thinking like yesterday, even if that wasn't on a book cover, you can make that just like, almost like just a, a painting in a way that you could frame and that'd still be cool to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is art and like, I love it, man. Definitely. But, um, how'd you get started doing that? Um, well, I, I loved, when I was growing up, I loved drawing, um, and I loved drawing, I, I drew, com- I drew comics and stuff and all that, and then, I, when I was a sophomore in high school, I got super into reading, and so, uh, as I grew into it, I, I wanted to go into a profession that was art-related, and the only one that made money was, was graphic design, and so I went into the graphic design field through college, and then as I got out of college, and then I was in a bookstore one day, uh, in Barnes and Noble in Spartanburg, and I can remember the book cover that I saw. Um, it was by an artist named Raymond Swanland, and I saw it. And I was like, "Man, I want to do that. I want to make book covers." And uh, I told the girlfriend that I was dating at the time we were going to ride back to her house. I remember looking at her saying, "I want to design book covers." And then that was in like oh, uh, probably oh five or six. So before I graduated college. And I had no idea how to be a book cover designer. So I just kind of said that, and then I dropped it. And then uh, probably five or six years later, um, seven years later or so, I got, I got an opportunity to do some book cover design, and I took it. And then it kind of spiraled out from there. So That's insane. Like, I, I personally, I was thinking about it, and, like, really don't understand. Like, if I'm reading an essay, or if I'm writing an essay, it's really the first one to two sentences that hooks you on the essay and the hooks you on the paper and even the book that it's kind of an introduction and it you know you're interested in this and you want to read it and you know when you look at a book cover it's just kind of a thing like 
if I'm very big into fantasy and that kind of stuff, and there's a guy on the cover who just looks like an action hero, who's awesome, it's something I'm really into, I'm definitely going to pick up that book. And it's it's so important that we have that yeah. with books. And I, I, I personally think a lot of people take that for granted. And it's a, I think it's a really hard job to do. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, it is. I mean, making sure you capture the 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 genre and what people are looking for, and you, know, you do the same thing looking at uh, Netflix, uh, the the thumbnail, right, yeah. the thumbnails there, Hulu or whatever. You know, you see this little image, and if you don't recognize the actor or the title, the image is what tells you, informs you of what this is about. You know, right. or what's supposed to hook you or interest you. Yeah, and like like comedies, you see, you know, people in funny poses or you know that yeah. kind of stuff, and you're like, oh, this is gonna yeah. be a funny movie. I might watch this. Right, exactly. Like yeah. how how the imagery is handled on 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 in the thumbnail, you know, lets you know kind of what you what you might expect right. when you click the thumbnail or you start watching it. Um, you know, and it's, 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 we see that all the time. And basically, what it boils down to it's it's product packaging. You know, you've got a, a product and you want to package it in a way that's going to appeal to the people who like. You know that product. You know, think about like a cereal aisle. You know, um, if I want sweet, sugary goodness, I'm going to get the the cereal with the leprechaun on it. You know, right. there's no leprechaun yeah. on the in the box, but I know looking at that leprechaun and, and all those bright colors, it's going to be sweet and tasteful and and, and you know full of yeah. sugar. You know, where if I want something that's healthy, I'm going to get the cover that's white with bananas and cranberries and, and flakes on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's, the, it's, it's that same process, yeah. and we and, and people do it on everything, and I just do it with books. You know. Yeah, I, and I think like a lot of people like that really boils down to how they pick something out, but it's kind of they don't think about it a lot. But really, that's pretty much how you pick everything out. Yep. You know, if you look at you know, let's since I play golf, you know, you look at a a video and you see the thumbnail of Tiger Woods hitting a golf shot and it goes in the hole or something like that. You know, you think that's awesome. I could read that. I could look at that. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much what you do and you take that for granted because you look at it on a daily basis to choose stuff yeah yeah there's a whole science behind it as far as it goes like the tiger woods thing Definitely. you know if you see you see him swinging in the golf club you, you think i want to swing like tiger exactly. that's on yeah. purpose like it's, it's there because they want you to see tiger they want you to associate you know that you can be like that you know same thing with the cover designs when i do book covers you know if i put a guy with a, you know if it's sci-fi if it's, a, if it's a soldier in gear with a gun he's in battle you know, people want to see that and go, oh, I want to be that guy. And so it makes, it taps into kind of this inner thing that we all, we all have. And so people say, I, I want to do that. They want, to, they want to check it out. And so they go and read the blurb and, you know, decide they want to buy the book from there or buy the golf clubs or, or whatever the, Definitely. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. If, I'm, if I'm going to buy a golf club, <coughs> it really, honestly, it, it, this is true. And I look down at my three wood because it's a different club than most of my clubs. I just like the look of the club, <laughs> yeah. and I, I hit it yeah. really good. I like the look of the club, yeah. and I hit it one of the best clubs in my bag. And that even can just – there's so much – there's the little things that really change your yeah. perception yeah. of things. And that really, like – this is very interesting what you did, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and like when they designed that golf club, you know, exactly. same thing for me designing a book cover. I want this golf club to look and feel a certain way so that when somebody's using it, they feel a certain way, like, oh, I'm going to hit the ball with this club, you know. Exactly. I'm going to enjoy this book because of this cover, you know. And it all, that's not always, the, the promise that didn't always deliver, you know, because yeah. you, you can't judge a book by its cover because sometimes the cover looks awful, <laughs> awesome and the book is terrible and sometimes it's the reverse. The the cover's awful and the book's great. Sometimes the golf club looks really cool but hits like crap, yeah. you know, yeah, and, so it's not always that, true. Though, you chose it because it you, looked perfect. You chose it based, we're, we are we are visual people. We, we, you know, we choose golf clubs, we choose books, we choose girlfriends. 
Yeah. You know, based on, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I sounds shallow and, and, and kind of awful, no, but that's part. And again, yeah. there, you can't judge a book by its exactly. cover because just because she's pretty don't mean she's going to be nice or cool or exactly. anything like that, you know. Exactly. But we still base our initial thoughts and reactions based off of a visual um, yeah. the visual cue that we've been given, whether it's book covers, golf clubs, girls, or whatever. It's yeah. human nature, yeah. 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 And I just want to uh, know, just I'm curious, how long does it normally take you for a whole book cover just to... It, uh, it actually doesn't take that long. Uh, it takes yeah. probably, uh, I, I do probably about seven a week. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I do. I, I'll, I'll average out this year probably about 350 covers I've done this year. Um, and so do you work your own hours? Really yeah, or? I do. And you might think that I work a whole bunch. And I do work, a, I can't tell you how many hours I work a week. It it, it probably varies wildly because I'm always working. That's the one thing about working at home that, that I didn't think about was you can't really ever turn it off. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's a gift and a curse, really. It, it is. It's bittersweet because I can sneak in for 30 minutes and work if I want to, you know, if, something, if nothing's going on or whatever. But also, I may need to, like, I need to pare down and go be with the girls instead and exactly. so I'll, you know so it's, it's it's bittersweet in that point but um but yeah i do about seven i'm pretty proficient though I, i'm my some of my acquaintances and stuff that that do book covers they may do one a week they may do two a week you know that kind of stuff um i'm probably on the upper end of production um and that comes from me working at print depot when i worked at a print shop yeah. before i i left to go full-time with book covers i you know, I did business cards, envelopes, invitations, forms. I did it from I did it from talking to the person, getting the information, doing the design, doing the printing, doing the cutting, doing the bagging, doing the checking out, and seeing them. I did the whole entire thing, yeah. and so you had to get really, really proficient, really, really quick in everything that you did. And so that you know that business doing that kind of honed me to where I can expedite things pretty quickly. So when I do book when I do my book cover designs, that's that transcended into that. So I can crank them out pretty quick. Um, yeah. as far as it goes, um, sometimes, you know, I may only do five a week, but I mean, usually I probably, I probably tap out, uh, between seven and eight, but then there'll be a couple weeks where I might do four or five or six, something like that, you know, but it averages to about seven a week. Yeah. One a day. Like, um, I remember when you did work at the print shop and when my mom worked, she worked just right beside you. And I, I, I remember when, uh, you were going to go do your business, but just think about, you know, where you are now. And if you didn't, you know, leave that job, that would have been such a it was, it was such a god thing that you left that yeah just yeah it was a big trust thing for sure um and like i was still in canada before you know we started recording uh, you know i was i was at the point where i had i'd done i'd started doing the book cover thing and it had kind of built up and i had clients and then i had more clients and i got to the point where what i would normally do is i'd work at print depot from eight to five i'd come home hang out and then everybody goes to bed and i'd work from 10 to 1 10 to 2 at nighttime and get up and do it all over again Next day, That's a lot of work. yeah, I done that for about a year, and uh, and then uh, it got to the point where it was like, man, either a, I need to take a chance, or b, I need to just you know, I need to pare down my book cover design and focus on just go back to print depot and and then just just keep working at print depot and forget about it. And uh, I told Cameron before we started, I didn't want to be forty five and wonder, yeah. well, what if, you know, what what if I would, have, yeah, what if I would not have took this chance, and I, you know. And it wasn't a huge, huge risk, you know, because I mean, um, the house, you know, I, I, I live, uh, I, I pay for my house every month, but I, I pay my, my father. So it's not like if I miss the payment or two, he's going to be like, you know, time, yeah, time, time, time to get out, you know. So I had that, you know, had that behind me, you know, at Print Depot, I'd been there 10 years and I had met tons of people. And so I knew that if I left Print Depot, I could probably find a job 
with somebody else by the, all the contacts that I met at Print Depot. Yeah. I knew I could find a, I could probably find a job. So I mean, I, and I was willing to go wherever I needed to go uh, if I ha- if it didn't work out, you know. And I'm still like that. If, if for some reason my business were to fail over the next, you know, two months, I'd, I'd you know be willing to you know suck up my pride and and go find a job somewhere else as far as it goes. But um, so I mean, there was some safety nets in there already. That I knew I could do it and and and, and be all right, but I still, like I said, I didn't want to. I didn't want to not take the chance, and you know, it's it's paid off uh, tenfold, and I've been super blessed, um, and in so many ways by yeah. by doing it, you know. That's in, that's incredible, man. Because and that's when you had <coughs> seven book couple. That surprised me because for some okay, first of all, that's awesome that you have that continuous kind of flow of people pouring. Oh yeah, yeah. To you know your business, but at the same time, I didn't think that. Like seven, if you think about seven book couples, that's seven books that'll be designed each week. I just find that crazy. But what exactly is the process of like someone telling you, "I want this idea for this," and then you make it? What exactly goes into that? It it, it varies. It's kind of it, it, it follows kind of a simple you know formula. They contact me. We get up a date together when I can do it, um, and then they send me information about the cover of what they want. Some people have a real specific idea. That I want this, 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 and this, and this. And then some people are like, you know, uh, I want this and this. And you just make it look cool. You know, and so uh, it varies on the detail level. And then I go, you know, because I've done it so long and they can see my body of work, those people that give me list details, trust me to make something that's going to hit the marks and look good and look cool and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I, you know, I, I put the proof together and then send to them, they give me feedback and we change it if it needs to be changed and, or we leave it alone and, and you know, we're done. So, you know, like I said, it, it, it's kind of, it follows the same kind of formula, but that's about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I find it amazing because, you know, obviously you said you did it from like 10 to 1 for a whole year, you know, you obviously have to be really motivated and have a passion for it. So I think, you know, for you still to be able to do it, I mean, you work your own hours. Like, that's what I've said about homeschool, you know, like, you're not in school being forced to, you're not in a job being forced to do work, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're at your own house doing your own business you know you have to be motivated and have a passion to do it and it's i feel like it's such a grind but i feel like you definitely you do it so well yeah well and you do you have to be self-disciplined to an extent because i mean that's going because i mean if you don't do it ain't nobody else going to do it and you're going to be the one that suffers for it if you don't do it you know so i mean so that's so that's the motivator for me was you know if i didn't do it you know if i don't do it i'll be the one that pays for it um and then so and then consequently my my family would pay for it exactly. you know um but back when I worked at Print Depot and I did it at nighttime uh you know I enjoyed it and then I you know there was always a little voice in my head that said you know maybe this could work out maybe this could be a full time job I just keep at it maybe this will work out and then also the other part was you know back then I was charging like hundred and fifty bucks a cover or something it was super cheap and in my mind I thought if I can do two covers a week man that's three hundred extra bucks a week exactly. you know yeah. I mean plus that's the job you know plus my Print Depot job that's 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 making some more money you know. Um, that's worth it, you know. That's 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 even for the hundred and fifty bucks a week. That's that's the extra money to go somewhere to do something, and so um, you know that was you know money was a motivator, <laughs> you know, get more money, you know, uh, and it also lined up with something I love doing. So um, so you know that worked out as far as it goes. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that like, and that was a great analogy I was just about to use as well with like when you're walking from home and you're with us, we're both homeschooled. So it's like you said, walk never really gets done done if you always kind of walk. And that's exactly how it is with me right now. But it's all about, and like this is kind of what the whole podcast is about, is like finding what like you're into, what you're called to do, and kind of just regardless of what other situations may be, it's just like really hone in on that 
yeah. be good at it. Because, you know, I've seen your walking. It's just been incredible. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, and for me, like I said earlier, I'm, I, I absolutely love art. So to just create a product like that, it's just, it has to be very satisfying too as well to look back and see something that you've created. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's nice to look back at things and go, man, you know, that, you know I did that. That's cool, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and then usually, usually as an artist, we're our own worst critics. So, so a lot of times I'm like, man, I could have done this better. I could have done that. And I critique it out and I lose a little bit of luster on it when I, when I look at my previous work. But yeah, um, seeing, it, seeing it out there after it's been out for a while or if I forgot about it and I see it, you know, if I see it on Amazon or see it somewhere advertised or whatever, go, oh, yeah, sure, I did that, you know. Yeah. You know, and then you know, one of the big, big things for me is when a client sends me, uh, work that they sent found on Amazon or wherever uh, that they like, you know, covers they like, and they want me to try and go in that direction. And some of the covers they send to me are are my covers, you know, unbeknownst to them. <laughs> you know, that's a real big, a real big, real I big, uh, you know, ego boost as far as I it bet. goes. Yeah, and actually, that's happened a couple, not much, but it's happened a couple times where the client has sent me work and they didn't realize I was the one that did it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I like that. I'm the one that done that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so. I definitely think it's it's such a blessing to do something you love and for it to be successful and for you to put food on the table for you and your family. It's it's it just builds you mentally and it motivates you so much. I think it really is, man. Just you know to look at something that you've put together and you've built that that's mine. You know, I'm the one that made this from from scratch. You know, as far as it goes, you know, it's 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 a you know I thank the Lord for it. Um, but also, you know, you think, oh, I, you know, I, I did this, yeah. you know, yeah, you know it's, exactly. and it's not just, you know, a, and there's nothing wrong with going to a regular nine to five job, yeah. but you know, and, but you know, this is something I made from scratch, you know, yeah. that's, that's a, there's a, a lot of pride and a lot of, uh, a lot of love that goes, goes toward that. So I'm sure it is. Yeah. Definitely. What would you say would be like, and this is going to be probably more of a difficult question. What is the coolest, like I thought situation, like what's the coolest story or thing that's like come out of you doing this? Mm. That's hard. Or like one project. Maybe. Yeah, there's uh, there's been a lot of cool covers I've done. Um, you know, uh, so there's been a lot of cool art pieces of artwork I got to do. So it's kind of hard to hone in on just like one. Yeah. You know, one one cover uh, per se. I did a cover called uh, "The Hellborn King" by for Christopher J. Brennan. Ooh, I looked at that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's got the guy. Yeah. His face is shadowed. He's got the yeah. big sword and his fires yeah. everywhere. You know, that was that. fun to put together. And that was one of those ones where he was just like. It's a dark fantasy book. Main character is a knight, and you know it's got a lot of violence in it. He's like, just go have fun. You can do and that. So, yeah, you I was like, I was, I was like, let's go. You know, so I, you know, I, I did it, and, and what you see in that cover is what I sent him the first proof. Like that was, that was it. Like I, I done one thing. I done that. Sent it to him. He was like, I love it. We're done. Does so, that happen a lot? Where like yeah. you ever, you know, send one, and you know they say we like that. We're gonna go with it, or also, on the other side, you send one and they say, you know, can you do something else? Yeah. Do you ever, what What would you say the longest you've worked on a single book cover? Oh, uh, they've varied. Um, sometimes, you know, they can go long, and I, I average this many a week, but now, like, you know, I, most of the covers I start this week, I won't finish till next week. So it's kind of it's like a rolling door, you know, as far or a rolling wave here, you know. I, I start them and I, I, I give them the proof they gotta give me feedback and i gotta get back to the proof you know all this time i'm working on all these other covers at the same time so that's that takes a long time as far as like feedback with constant feedback probably a couple months like when i first started working out probably my second or third year being a cover designer i, I landed with a guy and like he you know he beat me up pretty bad um with the cover design like i mean it was constantly like let's change this let's look at this let's do this let's try this let's do this 
And in my field, a lot of the um, professional cover designers have limits. Like they'll have like a round limit. Like, you know, you get four or five rounds of revisions. And then after that, you start getting charged for limit. Yeah, because you, know, you got to think there's other business. <clears throat> well, that, and that's to put a cap on the authors yeah. to understand, you know, this ends at a certain point, and then you start getting, you got to start getting paid more money. You're going to start paying out more money. Um, well, a lot of people that come into the industry that are young, like I was at that time, they'll offer unlimited revisions as a hook to get people to come to them because it makes people go, you know, oh, I can just keep changing. You know, there's, you know, there's no cap here. I can, you know, I, I got a lot of freedom. Well, most people don't abuse that, but I had a guy, like I said, he abused it. We got to like round number 15 or 16 or oh 17. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, I can clearly remember, like I've had some bad jobs, I've had some bad clients, you know, for random reasons, but I can remember this one clear as a bell. And then he, um, and then like we got to round like 15 and 16 and he was like, let's go back to round nine. That's the cover I want. So like we've done all this work, and now I gotta go all the way back here, you know. And then like I said, it took forever. It was a long process, and so and then I made pennies on the dollar. I made like a hundred fifty yeah. bucks off of it, you know. So uh, you never want that to work so hard and then just yeah, you know, come back to step one. Yeah. So that was that was a frustrating one, and then I do get people like I get a lot of unicorns, what I call them, where I send them mm-hmm. I send them the proof, and it's a you know they pretty much say we're done, it's over, you know. Let's 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 go with that. I get those. Pretty regularly, I've got some really good clients um, in that regard. But then I have sometimes, you know, they go, you know, I don't, I don't like what you've done here. Let's change it up or let's make these, you know, they'll make a, a bunch of changes. You know, that can be frustrating for various reasons. Sometimes, like if I, most of the decisions I make on a cover, I make them because uh, there's a reason I do this. Like there's yeah. a reason I put this guy here. There's a reason this area is dark. There's a reason this is highlighted. There's a re- there's a reason all this is done and it's usually just to convey easy contrast, clear imagery, that kind of stuff. Well then they'll come in and they'll want to make sometimes they'll make changes that contradict those design but principles yeah. and it makes the cover look worse. Yeah. You know, so either A I have to be the one that says, you know, we don't, we don't need to do that because of this or B I have to be the one that does it and it looks worse. Then you know, and they make the cover look worse. You know, make it make it look bad or whatever. Yeah. That happens. That can be frustrating. And then, like I said, sometimes their their reasons can be arbitrary, and it can make you know, it can make my make me make me get you know frustrated with them and that kind of stuff. It happens. Like that's just that's going to be like in any industry, yeah. you know, as far as it goes. It comes with it. At the end of the day, I'm making commercial art. I'm not making art that's going to be in a gallery one day. Yeah. This this is meant. This is just for them to put on a cover for them to make money. You know, so I have to try. I try to keep myself separated from their feedback sometimes but sometimes it's hard so if someone up like i know you pretty much stick to books right like you don't do anything outside of that really no if yeah. someone ever asked you to do like an album couple would you do it yeah 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 I, i've done i've done some random one-off stuff i've done some logos like i did a lot of logos when i worked at print depot but um but I, I do some random one-off things occasionally um it could be cover art no, i won't cover art um it can be uh I think I'm trying to give you an example or right, interior art for books, which is along the same lines as cover art because basically cover art boils down to an image with text, yeah. you know, that's what yeah. it boils, you know, it's an artwork with, with topography on it. Um, but uh, I mostly it's most of the time it's, it's cover design, that's what it is all day, every day. That's awesome, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, and when you were talking about like you started up, you just love to read, and you read a good bit now, right? Yeah. What do, you, what do you like to read? Uh, I read. Well, I'm 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 a sci- sci-fi fantasy, uh, person reader. You know, I, the the type of artwork I like doing is sci-fi art and fantasy art. Uh, urban fantasy, which is going to be, uh, 
there's going to be fantasy, but it's going to be set in like today's setting. It's going to be in like a modern day setting with whether it be dragons or magic or whatever. Uh, I like urban fantasy some. Um, uh, that's that's my main three that I read. And that's the main three that I design. Now sometimes I'll read random books. Like if it's just a real popular book that people like, I might pick it up and read it just because apparently people like it. It's got to have some kind of good story to it. But most like I said, most it's going to be sci-fi or, or fantasy, or than a big two. I usually stick to like um. I usually read typically like nonfiction books, mm-hmm. but I also like I just started reading like uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. You it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard. I've heard of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've been around. You know. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I just started that, and I love that, and uh, other things like Narnia and things of that nature. But but I I, I like fantasy a lot. But um, if I had to like, and like I like to do a lot of writing too. Just like just kind of, it's mostly just a hobby, just yeah. writing. But and that's typically nonfiction. But I, I I have done like some fiction stuff before, so I I, I love that, but. If you're looking at like from a literal from blah, if you're looking at it from like a literature standpoint, I love because it's almost like, well, nonfiction. If you like had to make that into a movie, it would probably be more along the lines of like a documentary yeah. or like whereas to if you're reading a like a fantasy book like a science fiction, that's just movies pretty much. You can turn that into movies, so it's almost like playing a movie in your head, mm-hmm. and you get to kind of design the characters look. Yeah, because that's yeah. what I like about books. I kind of unless you know you have the pictures on the cover you still get to pretty much decide what the characters look like what the like the scene is yeah I feel yeah. like that's yeah. awesome about yeah books. you get to go into another uh, you know fantasy or you know sci-fi or whatever you go into this whole other world that's that's been you know designed and, and, and had put thought put into you know as far as it goes. it's like watching a movie same thing you get to just escape into this other other world and, and whether and even if it's a modern day movie you still get to just escape into that little universe and and, 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 and be there and leave yours for however long you're reading or, you know, watching watching TV as far as you go. Now, nonfiction, I don't read nonfiction, but I listen to nonfiction on audiobooks. I, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't read nonfiction books. Really. I don't like reading nonfiction yeah. books. But I'll listen to them when I work out or ride down the road or something like that. Like, it's all... Awesome. Or I listen to podcasts, too. You know, yeah. any, any kind of, like, stuff like that where it's going to be informative or something like that, I, I, I like to listen to Um are there any like particular uh, genres or not genre? Well, I guess a nonfiction could be a genre. What's your favorite like type of book like genre? Of, like um, for me, books. It's going to probably be something business related. So yeah. like I'll right now or some either business related or I don't say self help because self help kind of usually seems like you know you're, you're in a bad way and you're trying to get yourself better. Yeah. yeah. But like uh, like right now I'm listening to Peak Performance, on, uh, which is a nonfiction book, and it's about um, performing better just in general. Uh, you, how to make yourself more efficient in things and it talks it talks a lot about uh taking rest and uh having your breaks and that kind of stuff which is you know it's just like the whole science behind uh performance and some of the it kind of uh debunks some of the myths of of uh because we kind of live in a society where it's like you know if you're not grinding all the time you know you're not making it somebody you know yeah. while, while you're sleeping somebody else is going you know yeah. and 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 this book kind of debunks that uh, that mindset and, and it says you know you yeah, you can't you should be performing you should be doing these things but also you should be taking care of yourself you know taking breaks and and taking you know and it, it, it's it's really good this is it's all science-based so i mean and i find that interesting i wouldn't want to read the book yeah I but it's that. nice to hear the guy talk it's, about it's it. like you talk to somebody like i like i can listen <laughs> Like I can have a conversation with somebody and like or listen to someone speak and enjoy it. That doesn't necessarily mean I want to read the transcript. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like I like um I would much rather just my opinion listen to a podcast than 
a book for a couple reasons, but like this is how ha- it's happening in real time. Yeah. And it's kind of like you know you can make changes to a book be based on how you want it, but you know you're actually having a conversation. It's almost like you're part of that conversation. And I I, I feel like I can't get that connection with the book, yeah. but. That's why I love listening to podcasts because I'm just I feel like I'm in the conversation. It's real time. It's happening at the same time. Yeah. And I feel like I could I have a little audio book. I think I might do that. That might actually help a little bit. Yeah, audio books are good, man. As far and like and that, they've helped me with the nonfiction side of it, you know. And I understand what you're talking about with the podcast because and well, one other podcast, you know, you can look at the date. Oh, this came out last week. This guy was just doing this, you know. And so that kind of makes it exactly. real to you. And uh, one of the podcasts I listen to is called Order of Man. And it's about, you know, just uh, being a father, being a dad, being a, being a, being a man in general, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's a really good podcast as far yeah. as it goes. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's like, you you know, and I listen to his his little, he's got like three podcasts he puts out a week. Oh, the guy does? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, he puts out one with an interview, and then he's got one. One's an interview, one's a, a Q&A, and then one's a, called Field Notes, where it's like 20, like, the, the first two are like an hour long, but the last one's like 20 minutes long. You know, um, but anyways, yeah, he puts, yeah. And, but now he does that full, he, you know, that podcast is huge. He oh. does that full time. That's all he does. You know, I mean, not all he does, but that's the main part of his business is, is podcasting. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, I enjoy what he says a lot of times and a lot of times like with, with that, you know, it makes me self check my own life, what I'm doing, making sure that I'm, you know, putting priorities where they need to be and that kind of thing, you know? So, but like I said, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's like you're in a conversation with them, even though it's, you know, and, and the format of it is more personal. It's more, you know, it's not structured like a book or anything like that. It's more conversational, you know, even though it's a one-way conversation because you're just listening to it, but it's more conversational, so it has a more personal connection to the people who listen. That'd be cool if we got there one day with it, too. Like, if we got to yeah. that point where we just, we can really, like, almost like when we talk about, like, the brand and things like that, when he yeah. talks about being what he does, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Which brings up another question. How do you, um, do you brand yourself a lot? Like, do you have oh, kind yeah. of a brand? Yeah, I do. It's, well, my brand is JKL Design. Is my, yeah. That's my, my name. I do have a brand. Uh, <laughs> for the sake of this podcast and the people that listen, I might not need to, I don't need to like. We, we know it. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, okay. Uh, yes, I have a brand. And, you know, I know there'll be some people that know me that listen that have sensitive ears. But my brand is badass covers for for badass stories. Yeah. Right. Um, and and that and that, that's all intentional, you know, um, yeah. as far as it goes. My logo is a sword stabbing through a book, yeah, I like stabbing through the book cover, you know, and that's all, you know, all that is intentional, uh, as far as it goes, and it's meant to again, it's product. I'm, I'm product packaging myself to potential clients. You know, when they see my brand, they see my cereal box, you know, they know they're going to get yeah, a, a a tough, uh, gritty. Uh, possibly violent or, you know, just, just, you know, very energetic, very dynamic cover when they come to me. And that's the whole point. And so, you know, I'm, I'm inviting the design, I'm inviting the author to go, I want that kind of cover, yeah. you know? And so, and really, man, that, that's been huge to my business. Yeah. Um, and that's been huge in my business in a lot of ways. A lot of my competition don't brand themselves. Um, my business name is Jacob Design. And most of my counterparts, people that, that do work that are in my same field, they brand it by their name. You know, it'll be, you know, whoever, whoever design or whatever, their, their name and design or something like that. Um, and then it stops, you know, because their name is just their brand, you know. But like me, I go a couple of extra steps up because, you know, I have a, the whole the whole badass motif and that, that yeah. mindset. And I try to make my packaging look that way. Uh, I try to make my, my, you know, when I present myself, it's always with that, with that overarching 
you know, the brand. Yeah, I feel and, like, I f- really, I feel like great brands, you you look at it and like, you know, we've been working on a brand, and I feel like when we make one, I think you do a really good job of this. When I saw, you know, your website, and I was like, I don't know any other person who this describes other than Jake Caleb. Like, this is, it's like you put your personality in that. Yeah, your mind into it. <laughs> yeah, you put your yeah. personality, you put your mind into your brand, and that's, yeah. that's why I feel like, I feel like it brings a lot of business. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what we're trying to, if we can put our personality into a podcast, and we put it into a website, and make a brand out of it to, you know, you know, get the youth of our country and around the world to, you know, be involved in things like this. If we can put our personality into it, I feel like we can do anything that we want to do with it. And that's, yeah, you're a that's great it. example of that. Honestly. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, and my, my brand does line up with a lot of how I am and how I, how, yeah. you know, how I kind of approach things. Um, but I, I read, a, there's a book, a nonfiction book I listened to, didn't read, Listen. I listened to, it's called Story Brand. And it's by uh, Donald Miller. Um, he's he's written some great nonfiction books, some memoirs and stuff. And, and like when I was a kid your age, I read some of his memoirs, and they were fantastic. Um, like I said, Donald Miller is his name. Um, he lives in Tennessee now. But he's got a his book's called Story Brand, and it's about businesses taking their brand and creating a story behind it, or a story with it, as far as it goes. Because like we as human beings are story based people. Um, that's our whole mentality. You know, again, when you watch. TV or watch a movie or whatever, you're you're enticed by the story. You know, you're like well, the back to the golf club, Tiger Woods thing. Yeah. You're enticed by the story of if I watch this video, I'm gonna be able to swing like Tiger Woods. You're in, that story entices you, and his whole whole concept is you take your brand and you uh, create a story behind it. So when I was listening to this, uh, my logo it used to be Jacob Design, and my logo was this little book cover. With a, a spaceship beaming up a guy, stick figure stuff, very, 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 very. Uh, yeah, I, I think you have yeah. like a little circle thing. Yeah, like and I used to have it a lot, and it was very minimal. I love minimalist designs. I love simple stuff, um, but it was very simple. But it was just that's all it was. It was just the, the book, uh, this outline with the little outline man, little stick figure spaceship, and that kind of stuff. And um, but that was where it ended. It was Jacob design and that image. And I got to listen to Story Brand, and I was like, man. You know, and I was already doing covers that kind of align with what I do now back then. And, I, and as I was listening to that, that, that book, I was like, how can I take, how can I take this, what he's saying and apply it into my business? And so I started to think about it. And like, I've got, I can go back to one of my notebooks where I, you know, one of the things is he said, you ought to be able to sum up your story in just a few sentences, a few words. You'll be able to sum up the story of your brand in just a few words. And it's like, I start writing down things. I start writing down stuff. I was like, man, yeah, you know, I like that. That's all right, you know. And then, like, it just hit me. You know, the, the, the badass covers, the badass stories. And I was like, that's it, you know. That's, 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 that, that's four words or five words, and I'm done, you know. And, uh, and then I was like, I got to make a logo to go for this. And like, it took me like two years to come oh up with God. that logo. Yeah, like I drew a lot of things and like I couldn't really figure it out how I wanted it. I didn't have the idea of the store to the store because I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be, you know, unique to me. And so I finally come up with it and I rebranded in 2019. That's when I started, I, June, January 19, I put my brand out there. I started my, my slogan uh, or my motto or whatever. And you know, it's, 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 it's been fantastic. Um, actually, and it actually works for me. Like, I mean, it worked really for me. I, I was in Boston. Mm. Uh, I hadn't, I hadn't branded at that point. I already had it all laid out, but I hadn't put it in into play as far as visual yet on my website. But I was in Boston at a 
uh, the conference. And I met, there was a guy there, his name, his name is Mike Anderley, um, and he runs one of the biggest indie publishing uh, publishing things out there. I mean, he's he's huge. He was a huge, huge guy. He was doing a talk, and uh, afterwards, he had a table set up where he was talking to people and stuff. And, like, he's talking to authors because all he was doing was there telling people how to do better at being an author. There was really no cover design aspect yeah. of this. I was just there tagging along in the back with everybody, you know, with everything. Anyways, he uh, was at his table, and all of a sudden, like, everybody left. Like, there was nobody there. Nobody was coming up, and I was kind of like, hands in my pockets, a oh, few, gosh, a few yeah. feet away. And I was like, I'm just going to go over there and say hey to this guy. And that's all I want to do. Say hey, and I enjoyed your talk. And I shook his hand, and uh, I said, I enjoyed your talk. I got a lot out of it. And he was like, oh, what kind of books do you write? I said, well, I'm not an author. I'm a cover designer. And he said, oh. He said, do you have a business card? And I said, yeah. And so I handed him my business card, and it, and it had that artwork on it. It didn't have a brand in, but it had the artwork on it that I did, some of that, some of that really, you know, really dynamic stuff. I handed it to him. He's like, man, this is great. And he said, give me your 30-second elevator pitch. And I looked at him, and I said, badass covers for badass stories. Two seconds. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and he said, I love it. He said, I will email you when I get, get home. And he emailed me a couple weeks later, and I told you I do 350 covers a year. 150 of those covers is Ellen, is Michael Anderley. So he, wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. Yeah. So. That's exactly right. Wow. I mean, I've been my business has been blessed beyond words. But yeah. he's a, he's a, he's an indie publisher. He's not a, he he writes he writes books all the time. You know, he's the author as well. But he heads up LMBPN and they produce. Um, I co- that. You probably have. I don't know. You yeah. may have. Okay. They produce they they produce. I don't know how many covers. A year, how many books a year? But I did 150 of them in two, in 2020, and I'm going to end up probably doing following about 150 by years in for 2021. That's awesome. So. You know, and, and and I'm not saying my brand or my little pitch got me the job, yeah. but it was already ready, you yeah. know. And when I told him that, I was inviting him into the story yeah. of my brand, of, you know, you're, you're going to get this when you when you hire me, you know. And so, anyway, so that worked out, you know, and then that was, that was fantastic. I went to Vegas uh, to the 20 Books Conference. Um, my whole entire table was branded with Jekyll Design, my logo, my everything had the logo on it. And branding boils down to... You just repeat the same thing over and over, over yeah. and over again. That's all you know. You, you figure out what it's going to be, and it aligns with what you think, and then you just keep on saying it over and over and over again. And people just eventually, because they keep seeing it, it just gets stuck in their head. And so, um, so yeah, it's this developed into its own thing, um, and it's been fantastic. So. That's awesome. That's one thing that we because we'll, we we really are wanting to like about you, especially as the podcast continues to go. We want to. We do want to brand ourselves. Yeah. At some point, so that's great because we wanted to get some advisory from yeah. you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say the you know I would say uh, if the story brand book or the audio book or whatever if you can you buy it, download it or whatever. Um, it, it's really it's really great in laying groundwork in you uh, organizing your business podcast whatever and then uh, being able to to package that into like a story so that people who see you or find you can can come along on that story. I mean, it's fan. It's really a fantastic book, um, and and it, like I said, it helped me hone in on a lot of stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. So uh, that was awesome. Do you, if we can get into kind of some more, we're gonna take a quick break and do all the yeah. fossils. Yeah, and yeah. And get yeah. into some more cool stuff that you're just doing as an individual. <laughs> all right, sounds good, <laughs> man. All right, thank you. Let me pull it up real quick. That was awesome. Yeah. All right, and we're back after 
how short break. We want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Of course, we cannot do this podcast without our platform, which is Anchor FM. Uh, they allow you to record, customize, and edit your podcast and put it on all the platforms totally free. Uh, you you can do it right from your iPad or right from your computer or even right from your cell phone. So uh, AnchorFM.com, if you've ever had any ideas about doing a podcast or anything like that, I would definitely say go for it. And I would definitely say use AnchorFM.com. Um, big thank you to Wildfire Cafe, one of our sponsors. Um, their website, wildfirecafe.com. You can get the menu, smoothies, coffee, and uh, lately some donuts and muffins over there. Yeah. Um, get a snack, something like that. You know, go down there, see Thomas or Haley, whoever, and, you know, have a great time. Uh, Wildfire Cafe, 113 North Shelby Street. Yep. And finally, uh, this is our new sponsor, but the Sweet Peach Boutique in Gaffney on Floyd Baker Boulevard. But you, they really do most of their stuff online, so go to Sweet Peach Boutique at Gaffney or sweetpeachagaffney.com. No, I'm sorry. It's sweetpeachsc.com. Don't times it's wrong. There we go. But, uh, yeah, they have wonderful things, especially as we get into the holidays. We're going to have a gift shop soon, clothes, uh, knickknacks, anything you could want. So definitely get into that. And during the break, J.K. we were just talking about... You see, we were talking about your career at false, but now as we get into it, you're just a pretty cool guy, aren't you? <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I mean, no, you, know, you, you know that. You know that. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know Thank that. You. Yeah. And we were just talking about your tattoos. You have, first of all, if I see somebody with a tattoo, it's in plain sight, and I, it's not just obvious, I'm going to ask them what it means to like to break it down. But like yours, you want to you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I've got uh, two tattoos. One of them is an ambigram. Um, it's, it's my daughter's name. Uh, it reads One Way Haven and One Way Harper. Um, and you know, that's just, I did that because I love my daughter, my girls and, um, I like tattoos and, uh, it seemed a way to kind of honor them and have them always kind of with me. Uh, my other tattoo is my big tattoo. It's on my back. A lot of people don't know I have it. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a lion with wings and it says Revelation 4. Um, and that's the chapter where you see the throne of God and one of the creatures on the throne is a, is a winged lion. Um, it's got a whole, it's a lot more, um, descriptive than my tattoo is, but it's six wings, six eyes. And all it does is say, all that creature does is say, holy, holy is the Lord. And so um, that was where that inspiration was for that, I call, for that tattoo. Yeah. You know, um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, I like tattoos um, and, and, and I've got ideas for more. I just haven't, you know, yeah. sat down and got them done yet as far as it goes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean let, me, let, me get your, let me get your advice on this. A cross, and you know how like on the crucifixion cross it has like, uh, like the... What do you call it? Oh, not a the cloth, but the cloth that goes mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's purple before Easter and then it's white on Easter Sunday. Yeah. We think about this, but American flag and it says in God we trust on. Yeah, that's pretty that. cool. Yeah, on man. the form. That could work, man. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I, I've been doing a lot of research on that one. So yeah. I, I, like, I was talking to a guy the other day that that he's he's got like going on a lot too. But I'm starting to kind of get into that too. Yeah. And that's art. I mean, yeah. that's, kind of, once, that's, that's right. art. It's art, man. And I think they st- look really cool on other people. Right. Well, I don't know. That's it's right. Still- some people like chocolate. Some people like vanilla. Exactly. You know, as far as it goes. And so, I mean, yeah, it's to each his own, you know. But yeah, yeah, they're, they're awesome. I mean, they are forever, you know. So, whatever you get, be sure that you're going to be happy with it forever um, as, as far as it goes. But yeah, I have tattoos, but I, I don't, you know, I usually, my, they're all in places that, that you don't normally see unless you see them at the beach. Yeah. So... Yeah. so I didn't know Shaquille had a tattoo. Yeah. And then, yeah. oh, it's a lion with wings. Okay. Yeah, it's a like, gigantic lion. Like, a lot of people, it's almost like they know if it doesn't come out the way they want it to come out, 
Nope, not really anybody's going to see it, so they put it at that one spot. Yeah, where you can't see it forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can do that too, you know. When I when I, I wanted to get a big tattoo, and I wanted it to be, you know, so I, I only places I could do with my chest right back, and I didn't. And I've never been a big fan of chest tattoos, so I was like, it's got to be. No, because it's like, you can always look down and see it. You there can turn your entire yeah. head around just to see a line. That's right. If I ever get flabby or whatever, it'll look all <laughs> kind of you know, bulbous and weird, you know. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. And my back would stay the smoothest the longest and it yeah. won't you know even if i do gain weight it's not going to get really bad back there yeah. so yeah. i was like that's a great place to put it it'll always be a line pretty much yeah. it for, for the most part you know until i until i get real old and it kind of turns into a my, my muddy mud puddle on my back yeah. looks like chocolate pudding <laughs> with, on my back. with a skull of chinese right yeah here. right right realizing right. that's just chinese characters yeah that's awesome yeah but yeah also you collect skulls i, I do hold. I collect skulls. I do. From an anonymous source. <laughs> I don't know who you've been talking to. Uh, this is mom. But yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Sonia knows. Yeah, I collect skulls. Uh, it's a it's a it's a weird hobby that started a weird way. But yeah, um, uh, I, I've got all kinds of animal skulls, um, and I've gotten them from various sources. Most of the time, I pick them up off the side of the road, and, and by that I mean I pick up dead animals on the side of the road, and um, then subsequently chop their heads off, and. Um, Got a couple humans, you know. No, I ain't got, I ain't got a human <laughs> skull yet. No, no, I, you know, I, I would like to add a human skull to my, my collection. And unfortunately, the only way to get those legally that would, is That to, would wrap it up. You know, to, when you yeah, die, legally. you put somebody Oh, my skull. skull. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> die, my skull. Yeah. No, um, you know, the only way to get those, you have to, you have to buy them. You know, they're like $1,200. So legally. I can, uh, really? Yeah, legally. Yeah, legally. Yeah, legally. <laughs> legally. You, can get them, you can get them illegally, but I'm not going to be digging up graves or anything yeah. like that anytime soon. That's uh, but yeah, um, I've got, like I said, uh, one day I was coming home and just up the road there was a, a dead raccoon and um, I was like, man, I really want that raccoon skull. And so I had a Murano at the time. I stopped, threw him in the back of the Murano and brought him on home and had my dad cut, in, cut, had my dad cut his head off for me, yeah. you know, because I was like, I don't know how to cut an animal's head off. And my dad was like, I'll do it. So it's whatever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so it started from there. And then I lost the raccoon skull, like I told y'all earlier. You know, I lost it. It fell out of the tree, and the dogs ran off with it. And so it really started when I found a kitten, which I mean I know it's morbid, uh, but a kitten had gotten hit in front of the house. It happened. Don't know what where the cat come from or anything like that, but because there's nobody around us that has kittens, but he got hit, and I was like, I'm gonna get this skull. And so uh, I manned up and cut the head off this time myself and uh, dried it out. Cured it and then cleaned it up and you know it sits on my shelf at the house. Um, I got that. I've got um, possum skull. Same way possum died. Um, uh, and I, I and I actually I put the possum on the fire ant hill. He was the first one I ever put on the fire ant hill. And fire ants will clean any animal in no time. So the fire ants cleaned it up for me and I got it. Um, squirrel died somehow in the middle of the, in the middle of the yard. I got it. Um, I got a goat skull with horns. Uh, my brother in law gave me that one. Uh, got a coyote skull uh, from a friend of mine. I traded a bunch of camping gear, and he gave me the coyote skull. Uh, I got him. Um, I've got a, a rat skull, not a mouse skull, but a rat skull um, from Atlanta. Me and my friend went to the Dragon Con in Atlanta, Dragon, and, Dragon Con 2018, uh, and we were walking up the streets of Atlanta, and there was a dead rat on the side of the road, on the side of the street. Just you know, and he'd been dead, like dead, dead to the point where I could see a skull, and like. You know, he was just dead with with random bits of fur and stuff. You had to have it. <laughs> I had to have it, exactly. And I was walking with my friend Fox, and I told him, I said, man, 
I said, and he knew by the time that I already had a couple skulls. I was like, I'm getting that rat skull. And he was like, no, you're not. Uh, he's like, you're not putting that in my car. And I said, tomorrow. Because I'm back. Because that rat skull had been there. That rat had been there for a long time. It, it wasn't new. And uh, I was like, tomorrow when we leave, I'm getting that rat skull. And so here I am, next day, downtown Atlanta, jerking a rat skull out of off its body Oof. in the middle of the street. You know, because that's what somebody Because that's somebody exactly because that's so what like, you do. Well, you know, like I feel like, and you know, this is nothing personal, but if like a like a a drug addict who's like crazy walk by, I was like, that guy's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at me, and then yeah. this guy's getting yeah. a skull. At least I'm not cutting a rat's head open in the middle of downtown yeah. Atlanta. Well, and I, and then to be fair, I didn't cut his head off. I jerked it off. Okay. okay, I used There's my, a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. And I used, I, I had a plastic bag. I put it on my hand like a glove. Reached down. One good twist and I pulled. It was over with. You know, then it was in the boat. It was, it was, it was sanitary. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I kind of imagine just like. Yeah. Like just you. What's that guy doing like over a, there? With a smirk on your face. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get it. <laughs> I want to get it. Yeah. That's you right. Get it. That's right. And then you jump home with it. And then I put it in my book bag and drove home with it. Yeah, I mean, it was in the bag. It was fine, yeah. you know. But I, I understand the the idea of all this going on is it's, it was pretty crazy, you know, to do it. But you know, it's on my on my shelf. Um, I got a dog skull that I got um, from down there past uh, Donna and them's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, Josh told me about it one day. He was like, you know, there's the dog that got. I guess it died, and the people didn't want to bury it, so they just threw it out on the side of the road. Because you know, that's what people do. I don't know if y'all, you people are young, but some people are awful individuals, and when their dogs die, they just toss them. They I'm don't. Not, I'm not gonna on the way here and this is um, completely true there was a um a trash bag with ropes tied around it and it looked like an l like up against a tree you know i'm not sure if it's a body or if it's something but it didn't look like trash lots of odd angles and stuff (laughs) kind of lumpy (laughs) yeah go check that one out maybe i have to go investigate that one go places investigate yeah right that's like your that's like your you know second podcast um but yeah no i i don't the dog may have been hit on that road probably possibly but people will toss out on back roads you can find animals you can find you can find deer and other kind of animals that have just been tossed out by people who don't want to bury them or get rid of them, you know, or take them to the landfill. Because um, you can do that too. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, Josh told me one day, uh, we, we were putting up the Christmas tree uh, at the church, and he told me about it. It was a few years back, and so me and him got in the car and rode down there, and I got my trusty uh, uh, multi tool. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm there talking you about. Or, you know, severed it. I got, I cut its head off, and there we go. Down the road we went. Yeah, what if the people that did that, like, they drove by to go pick it up? You know, we probably shouldn't do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 this thing had been there for a while. Because the point, like, when I, when I cut its head off, you know, all I had to do was worry with the spinal cord. And that was it. There was yeah. no, The rest of it was already kind of deteriorated. So it was, it was easy to get off for the most part. Uh, all those spinal cords are hard to cut through. Just FYI. Just in case you're ever in that position, situation, <laughs> you're cutting off something's head. Just remember, if it's a larger animal, spinal cord's going to be a little... Yeah, that one time every eight years, you know. Yeah, to cut yeah it comes up. Sometimes you just never know Some, when you're going to cut Sometimes you just got to cut a spinal cord. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, I, and so there's, you know, there's some of the ones I got. But I, like I said, the whole point of them, the reason I collect them and some of the other things I collect is because I find them. You know, it's like you took this thing that was going to be trash or going to be uh, discarded, nobody cared about. And then I, I took it and I've made it into something that I value. 
you know, and so it means something. Now, the ones that have been given to me, I, I appreciate, like the goat skull, super cool looking. It does kind of look like I worship Satan because it's just, you know, it's <laughs> what you see, but no, we don't do that. Um, but, you know, those are awesome, you know, but the ones that I find and the ones that I kind of harvest, I guess would be the word, um, those things mean, I, I took them, they're going, they were just going to be thrown away. And here I am, I've taken it and made it something, uh, I, I, I've put it on a pedestal kind of thing. It's, it has a value to me. Nobody else cares about them, yeah. but I care about them. And I have a story behind behind them, you know, so it, it, they mean, it, it means a lot to, to me, to and those things. If you had to say, like, two questions, your most valuable find, and like, not stuff was given to you, stuff you found, and your most common find. Um... I've got the common wise. I've got some cool bottle caps. You find a lot of bottle caps if you look down around. It don't matter where you're at. If you're walking anywhere, you're gonna find crushed bottle caps of all kinds. So I've got some unique bottle caps. But I mean, bottle caps are the most common thing that I that I probably stumble upon. And most of the time, I leave them. I don't usually pick them up. Uh, my most valuable one that I found. Uh, oh man, my most. I got a couple good ones. Like my most valuable make, one. Make a list. My most valuable one is my Ken doll head. I told y'all about. It's, it's on, it's, I found it on the beach in Mexico and amongst a whole bunch of trash. And it was like just kind of sitting there on by itself. Like it wasn't in a. It was like the sand was around. It was like there waiting for me to pick up. And he's got one eyeball and the other eyes going. It's the eye still you're there. Play, you're playing the music in your right, head. right, right. But the one eye, the one ink, the ink from the printing or whatever is still on the one eyeball. And it's just laying there, no body anywhere else, just the head. Um, that got hit. that's what started it all. Like I found that, and before then I collected nothing. Um, but that's what started it. And then, like I said, it, I started finding little random. I found some random little pandas, and like I said, the panda thing happened where I found three of them in random places and in, in, across different states. Little panda toys. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then, then the skull thing happened. I saw the raccoon, and that kind of all kind of they all kind of go together. I find these items and, and I keep them. Um, one of the other unique ones I have, I have my grandma's teeth. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right? Uh, hey, yeah. I, I, I can vibe with that. I'm down with that. Yeah. My grandma, you know, had dentures. And, um... Oh, yeah, not real teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't jerk them out of her head. Uh, her, uh, her dentures. She had them. And then, like, she passed away. And then nothing happened. You know, f- ten years passed by. And then, like, two years ago, we were cleaning out the building. And there was a suitcase in there. And we were like, what's in this suitcase? We popped it open, and it was a whole bunch of crap. And there sat her dentures. And I was like, well, there you go. They're mine, you know. So they're on. So that's, you know. You got a lot of people fighting for those. Right? No, it's right. Nobody wants those in the wheel. Um, you know, I got those. Actually, I have uh, uh, a mold of Brooke's teeth, you know, at the doctor's office or whatever. The, 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 impressions. the, the impressions. I got the impression of her teeth. Um, because, you know, uh, they were going to throw them away. My wife asked them about it. She was like, you're going to get rid of those? And they were like, yeah, because we don't need them now. Um, and she was like, my husband would love those. And so like, they, they gave them to her and they brought them home to me. And so, so you know you got the right it, woman. If she pri- collects. If she's going to bring it home to me, yeah. I've got she, a, it's going to, you know, it's, it's meant to be. It's, it's meant to be. Yeah. I've got a giant Lego head. That's about the size of a golf ball. Um, yeah, I found it on the side of the road in Boone, North Carolina. Um, we were just riding down the road and there was this yellow, bright, riding down the road and there's this piece of bright yellow just right. on, on the side. And like, we passed it and I was like, what was that? You know, Brooke's in the car and she said, you're going to turn around and go get it, ain't you? And I said, I sure am. She knows. And so <laughs> I shipped it, whipped it around, backed it up, went back up the road and hopped out. And like I said, it's part of its, part of its uh, head's missing, but mostly it's an intact, you know, giant Lego skull or head or whatever. And then, um, I find a lot of heads. 
All right, there's a, there's, a, there's a trend here that's developing. Yeah. There's a lot of heads. Yeah. And then, uh, probably four weeks ago, I found a giant Ninja Turtle head on the side of the road. Really? Yeah, it's this big. It's a giant per- pillow. It's, a, it's Leonardo. And like, it's on the side of the road. Uh, and I was like, taking that on. Did you wash it? Turn- no. Oh. No, I don't clean them up. They're all dirty. They it loses value. I, it's right. It does. I don't. I, I clean the skulls. I'll, I'll bleach them, you know. But like the stuff that I find like that, no, I don't. I don't clean it. You know, if you ever want to sell this, you could put all of it on Facebook Marketplace and somebody right. would buy it. Probably, yeah. yeah. Twenty six seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like you said, I, I passed it, you know, and I turned. I looked at Brooke and I said, "I'm sorry," and she said, "What?" And I turned around, and, she, and, she, and she's, she's like, like, "Are you kidding me?" And I threw it on the back of the truck because it was wet, you know, because it was kind of nighttime and it was the condensation was everywhere. And it's in the building, like it's not. She won't let me have it in the house. Uh, but you know, we'll she's like, she's like, she's like, you don't know what's on that thing. I'm like, well, by this point, whatever's we'll on find it, out. Whatever, <laughs> whatever's on is dead. Like, there's be, no live germs on this thing at would, all. It would be really bad if, like, you had like a like an enemy, like like in the covers you designed. Like, if you had like a, a arch nemesis or whatever who just like put something on the road that just like no. diseases. <laughs> he knows shit. I'm gonna get it. He knows you're gonna <laughs> grab it. <laughs> there's no way he's gonna mess this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could get me. Yeah. I, I've got a giant Scooby Doo head. Like a mascot, like a legitimate you can put it on your head. That's, that's a awesome. gigantic and that's in the building too. Some of these things are too big for me to display in my office. Um, Usually, just put like a big glass. Right, 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 right. But I've, I've got, I've got one of those. I, I didn't find it. I, I, I made a trade or a trade for that, or I got that somehow from a friend of mine um, who used to have a Scooby Doo costume. And I'd ever get rid of it, and I was like, "Do you want the head?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, oh, you know, "I do." Who, who has? <laughs> I do. Right? Who has a Scooby Doo costume? Right? Yeah. I tell you, I, I've been a lot of places. It's I met a, a lot of people. You like to travel? Huh? It's a, you travel? I do lot. travel a good bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you recently go to Vegas? I went to Vegas. Yeah, I've been. Uh, been uh, I've been to Vegas. I've been to Mexico. Um, been to you know just ma- mainly the big places: New York, Boston. Um, oh, I've been to Maryland, Washington D.C. I've been to London, Paris. Wait, um, you've been? To- yeah, I've been oh to London, gosh. Paris. Yeah. Why? Uh, um, first time I went to London and Paris, I went with, uh, I was field trip school when I was in high school. Um, we went there, uh, went to London. Oh, you flew with the high school? Yeah, yeah. They, we, uh, the, the teacher took about eight of us, whatever. And when we got back, she said she'd never take another, another group of kids overseas. So we got that, that, we got that, you know, that good title. Of, Is this a, of, you go to Blacksburg? Yeah, Blacksburg, yeah, yeah. The teacher didn't there anymore. Uh, her name was Miss Hatchin. But yeah, she took us to, to um, London and Paris. Um, so that was cool. Um, and then I went back to London and Paris, or London mainly. Um, yeah, I, with Yeah, wife. with my wife and a couple friends back... Um, I remember a Five story, years ago, six years ago. story about like y'all gotten your Uber or something at <laughs> this like big... Oh, the... It's like a kidnapper van or something. Yeah, yeah, the initial... like We got to London and then of course I hadn't been there in like... 20 years or something you know it'd been forever since i've been there and or 15 years and so of course i wasn't like familiar with anything um thankfully they all speak english to or to an extent english that i can we can understand and um so we were trying to find a like we got off the, the airport and we were trying to find a place up like the taxi to get us to the to the, our house that we had rented and uh we we're just kind of walking outside and I, I didn't know where to go. And like, you know, sometimes when you're in airports and stuff, they'll have signs that say, if you're getting Uber, you go this way. If you're getting taxis, you go this way. Or if you're doing this, you go that way, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but we're just walking. And all of a sudden, we were outside. And like, this dude approaches us and he's like, you looking for Uber? And we're like, yeah. And so like, he's like, follow me, follow me. And so we started following this dude. 
And, like, there's all these taxis and stuff. So I'm thinking, this is a taxi driver. He's just poaching Uber people, you know. <laughs> there's these tons of taxis in the line. And then we walk past all the taxis. And we just start walking away from the airport. And then, like, there's this uh, parking garage. And we're just walking toward this parking garage with all these regular cars, you know. No more taxis. No more people. No more anybody. It's just us, the guy, and the parking garage. And so, like, we're all looking, you know, like, what's going on? You know, we're all just kind of following him along. And we get to this van, and he's got a van. And it's a dark van <laughs> with no markings on it. And it's like classic, I'm going to kill you all, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to traffic you all. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about taking, you know. and um, Oh, my God. But none of us, none of us are like, we're all too polite to be like, no, we don't feel comfortable. Thanks. We're all just like, sure, let's get in the car. You know, yeah. I mean, we walked all this way. We walked. I'm it's not, worth it. I'm not way. walking back. If you're trafficking me, I'm still not walking back. You, you know, know, like, you yeah. walk all this way. <laughs> At this point, Well, have we come this far? I've obligated myself to your car. Look, hey, yeah. if you're going to traffic me, do it the right way. Let's go. <laughs> right, right. Make yeah. it quick. At least get some duct tape out. Oh, exactly. no. But, like, no, you know, uh, so we, we get in the car, and I get into the passenger seat beside him. Like, everybody's in the back seat, and I get in the front. So I thought, man, if this dude, I, I don't know where we're going. You know, clearly, even though I know where their address is, I don't know where that's at. So, like, we're just riding down the road. He could be taking me to his kill house, and yeah. I don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're riding, and, I, and so, like, I'm like, if I see anything, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to Liam Neeson this guy in the middle yeah, of the car. We're going to grab the steering wheel and punch him, and, like, you know, and then he, pull, the he pulls out a gun, and my foot's up and blocks the gun, you know, and I, you know, I'm doing all this stuff to stop him. You always uh, think and, that, and then if you get in that real situation, you're like, yeah, please don't kill me, you know. Uh, so, anyways, like I said, we got we got in there. It was it was super odd, but anyways, you know, he starts chit chatting and he just you know he chats away. And me and him start me and him like start laughing and stuff about making jokes and talking about you know all kind of stuff and and he takes us to our place and it's fine, you know. Probably I'm here, so obviously everything's all right. Yeah, yeah, we were fine. Um, but it was still it was at the beginning. You know, we were all kind of a bit nervous because, like I said, this guy had no, no. I, I don't know. We, he charged me money. You know, I paid him. So I mean, he had to be some sort of legitimate person. I can't remember. Hey, I can't remember. I think I just gave him money. Like I don't think like he could have been random Joe. He probably was. Hey. He not, he's not with the taxi people. He's not with Uber. He's just like, that's what he does. He's got his own He just no, grabs. Just you and Brooke, in no, it was me. It was me, Brooke, and uh, our friends Chance and Shannon. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. They were with us. I get um, And uh, so it was just us four, you know, were there. And so, uh, so yeah, yeah, that was a bit, a bit weird. But okay. we all, we all made it fun. So. Well, you know, what's, you know, what's a trip to, you know, London, if you don't accidentally almost get trafficked. Exactly. I want to go to Rome. Rome, Rome would be cool. I want to go to Rome. want to go to Athens. want to go to Paris. love to go to London, I guess. Uh, I want to go to Israel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Please. telling you, man. I, do it. Do it, man. You only live one time. Yeah, yeah, as far as it goes. I mean, there's there's places I still want to go uh, travel and visit uh, as far as it goes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Do it, man. If you can go, go. Huh. Uh, so, uh, it's it's well worth it. So. Awesome. I told my mom by the way, we were, we were just talking about a lot of stuff actually. But I, said, I think you can have a pretty cool life. I think I'm going to do some cool stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Right, it's right. going to be fun. Right, I like that. We're just getting started. Like, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I like that outlook. You know, I think I'm going to have a pretty cool life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, that's, that's, the, that's the one thing, man. Uh, I, I would encourage anybody who's young and still looking at their full life ahead of them. Yeah. You know, even me, man, you know, 30, 30, no, I'm 36 now. Um, still, you know, I still have a lot of stuff that I want to do and, and plan on doing. And I mean, do it. Because I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be fifty, and you're gonna go, man. 
I wish I would have done it. I wish I would have spent that money and, exactly. and went on that trip, or I wish I would have, you know, took that risk, or wish I would have done, done this stuff. And you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a person full of regrets when you get older and you can't go no more. And I just, I definitely think that that wraps back to when we were at the start of the podcast talking about if you never would have took that leap from you know going working your eight to five and then you know going ten to one doing this thing if you never would have took that leap and said. Life is way too short to not take chances and leave the printer uh, job work and, you know, go straight to the cover designs and just be a very just brave person by just doing that. You know, you wouldn't be where you are today. And yeah. I think that's, that's such yeah. uh amazing thing to look back on your life and say, I had this job. I was working another job from 10 to 1, and then I just jumped to it and look how successful Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, you said the word brave, and I wouldn't classify myself as a very brave person. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that at all. But it really boils down to making these little small choices. Like, you know, uh, the prospect of quitting a job and starting one that has no security is a scary part, and you do need to be brave about it. But for me, and, and I think that's what what life boils down to, making those big choices. It ends up being these little itty bitty choices, these little steps. You just keep making these little choices that end up being big when you're on the other side of them. You know, you look back and go, wow, you know, I did do that. And I did accomplish that, you know. And in the middle of it, I wouldn't have said, I never would have said I, I was brave or courageous or, you know, or taking a risk. I mean, I, I knew it was a risk, but I wouldn't classify myself on that point. But, I mean, yeah, that's what it was. It, it, it took bravery, it took courage, it took faith to, to step out. But it was all these little itty-bitty choices that, that led to that to that point. So yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. And, you know, we're starting to close out if that's yeah, all right. Sure. But, um... That's great, because I feel like that's kind of our whole thing, our knack of doing whatever, like, did you, did you always want to do something in art when you were growing up? Yeah, right? yeah. Said. So that, that, that's what it's all about, man, and just to get out there and just, like, like what we're talking about, just take chances and just go and just stay committed. Like, we're, like, we'll be very open about, like, what we want to do with Flower Quills on this podcast, and we don't necessarily, I like, like, um... Like, partially, like, uh, I want to be uh, president at some point in my life. I want to, like, or, like, in Congress or something along that. Like, that's what I'm right. going to go to. And I don't use the word dream. I, I would use the word goal. Because, like, that's, like, like I live my life with, like, that knowing, hey, I want to get to that. Yeah. And, like, with every decision, what, what can it be best that's going to set me up? Whether it be making the right decision socially or from a professional standpoint. What can I do that's going to, when you yeah. look at that, that's going to make my goal? Right. Which would be whether it be, you know, DC or just whether it be, you know, being a, a pastor or a motivational speaker or a doctor or whatever. I, I got a lot of stuff bouncing around, but right. definitely you, you stay honed in on what's important to you. I feel like that's what it's about. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's it, man. I, I mean, yeah. When with, when, with even the podcast, you know, you keep, you keep being consistent with it. You keep growing. You never know what opportunities will come from that. You never know what experience you'll have. Uh, experience you'll gain from that that you can lead you into other things. And like for me... When I was your age, I wanted to be a comic book artist, yeah. you know, as yeah. far as it goes. And, like, that was my goal. That's where I wanted to be at, you know. I followed Todd and McFarlane and uh, oh, yeah. a few other people back then, you know. And I really thought they were awesome. Outdoor offs, you know. Um, and then, you know, I was like, oh, well, I'll be a graphic designer because there's, there's money in that, you know. I can make some, I can at least support myself, you know. And then that, and then, and then you know, kind of ping-ponged. Like, at 15, I would not have said book cover designer. Didn't even know book cover designer was an uh, option, uh, didn't know that was a field uh, and then you know but I mean I knew I wanted to go in this direction and like I kind of just bounced my way around and all of a sudden landed where I'm at now you know and I, and all all of my previous choices toward being an artist of somewhere somehow in some field 
led me to you know where I'm at now. It's like you know if you want to be in Congress or wherever you know that 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 road may change. You may you may end up taking an exit and go oh I like I like this. You know I, you find your passion along that road. You know as far as it goes. So yeah, yeah man, that's, that's awesome. I that's think it's really our life is about <clears throat> staying on that consistent road and doing what God you know calls us to do. You know whether it's you know you go into a deep pit of depression, but you know that's what God has planned for your life so you can come out on top of it really I think just make sure you know even for the people watching you know everything you know make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do in your life and that's really right that's really what I strive to be honestly. yeah man yeah that's awesome man definitely that's great thank you so much man, man really, yeah, this is, I this really is appreciate y'all having me on here yeah I'm glad I could yes. provide a, a informative podcast yes. well you definitely definitely did it was just awesome all right well, thank you so much for listening, listener. And uh, we should be back next week. And thanks again. Yeah, Daniel, uh, thank you again, Jack Caleb. It was uh, great having you on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, yourself.